0: Good morning. Happy Friday. I have neuro coffee in hand and it is perfect. All right, man, a very busy Friday coming up. We're going to dig straight into today's Q&A. Uh, this was Paul. He's doing a, a uh, virtual consultation with uh, with a fitness client, going through some complex movements, and was was identifying um, some of the limitations, but uh, we dug into this a little bit deeper uh, to to gain a little bit more understanding. A lot of uh, representations that we'll see in complex movements are based off of the same concepts that we would see on table tests. Now, we always talk about table tests being dirty. So a dirty table test means that what you think you're measuring isn't necessarily what you're measuring. So we have to look at these things systemically. So if we're moving a hip through, its uh, range of motion, um, that excursion that you're measuring is not necessarily the hip that's moving. And we need to be able to identify what is actually moving in that process. And so so this is one of the things that we looked at with with uh, Paul's online client is he's, I think we were looking at a squat in this circumstance, and a couple of the compensatory strategies were showing up, and they led us to an understanding of what the actual limitation was Based on the visual representation so this is the hard part this is going to take some practice for you to develop but this is why the understanding of the table test becomes so important so the table tests give us what these options are and these active complex movements allow us to demonstrate them so again thank you paul for asking this question it's going to lead people in a very good direction also uh gave you a little bit of a demonstration so you can understand a little bit what we were talking about On the video so so make sure you watch it all the way through uh don't forget to subscribe to the youtube channel uh podcast will be up on sunday sometime and we will see you next week very helpful but this is a this is a really good representation because again so like people will will accuse these people of turning the wrong way
1: yeah turn Uh, this was maybe the first time i'd seen such a blatant leftward turn
0: okay it's not a turn it's a bend right okay it's not relative motion it's not relative motions to get there
1: yeah it's a big old that's thing
0: you got to recognize yeah so when i say turn you're that's implying like like a real turn a better better word would be like he's really oriented to the left he's, he's twisting he's got it he's got it so he's creating an er like a twist in this in the low back, so his low back is twisting. So take a bamboo pole, okay. okay, and bend it and twist it in your hands. That's what's going on. This is not this is not comfortable segmental rotation. Absolutely, absolutely not. This is this is take take like compress the two ends of the bamboo pole, and it's got to bend in some direction. That's basically what he's doing. Like he's creating a down force anti-orientation he's squeezing the spine together so it becomes one segment so the low back the lumbar spine has has five segments in it with discs in between take that jam it together so it behaves as one thing instead of having relative turns between segments it's now one thing that's going to bend in different directions what you're you're seeing is a bend and a twist it's not this is not what you would consider a turn that would have relative motions don't Try not to confuse that. As far as the bend, uh, what direction do you think it's going? Um, Where do you see the bump? To the right. Well, there's a bump to the right and there's a bump to the left. So the bump to the left, though, is the spine.
1: What do you think the bump to the the right is on his lower, this this Uh, area? That's his
0: pelvis. That's his pelvis Uh, moving away from that space.
1: Which space?
0: The pelvis is still facing the right. Oh, okay. I was thinking his his uh, the right side was ahead. Uh, uh, okay. Hang on. Where's the turn coming from? is it Is it coming through his pelvis? No. If I twist the spine, if I twist the spine to the left above the pelvis, the pelvis orientation doesn't change.
1: interesting okay
0: he he didn't give way in the left posterior pelvis under any circumstance here it's still pushing forward harder than it is on the right the spine above it is twisting that's what makes it look like the left like people say the the pelvis is facing the left now well technically speaking it is facing the left because the spine twisted in that direction okay pelvis is still right turn it's still a right turn in the pelvis Like the orientation of the pelvis is to keep facing the right. That's the problem. He's running into this because the pelvis still wants to go right. The spine's trying to twist to the left so he can Mm. stay straight ahead. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, people are looking at this as, as they're looking at this through the lens of relative motion. This is not relative motion.
1: So sequence of events for him to have gotten here.
0: Hey, Paul. You, hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hang on. I got to grab something. Okay. I'm going to try to explain this. I need you to see this because I think if, if you see this, you'll get it.
1: Definitely a visual.
0: Um, stop your share. Stop your share so I get big on the screen. Oh, yeah, my
1: bad. There we go. All
0: right. How? Okay. So I'm going to twist this. I'm turning it this way. Okay. <laughs> okay. Got you. I'm going to keep turning it this way. Hang on.
1: Uh, see You see it. the bend? Yes.
0: Okay. So I take all of the relative motion out of the towel. I twist it as hard as I can. All right. You ready? And then I twist it harder and it bends. That's what you're seeing in his back. Okay. Now, do you see my hand change its orientation? As I twist it, you see yeah. my hand move? You see it? See that? Mm -hmm. Did I change the orientation of my hand relative to the towel? No. The towel bent, and it changes the orientation of my Ah. pelvis. So it looks like my pelvis changed direction. Or it looks like my hand changed direction. Not pelvis. I'm, I'm thinking about this squat guy. Okay. Do you see that I have not changed my relative position of my hand to the spine? But the spine bent, and so it looks like my hand moved up like that. It's just following the bend. It's like, if I do that, there's there's the orientation of my hand, but there's the bend in the spine. You see it?
1: Mm-hmm. I see.
0: Do you see how it moves? So, so when you bump into these things and you lose all relative motions, and then the segments start to move together as a single unit, and then they have a certain amount of, of yielding capability within them, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing the bends. Okay, so the outward curve of the spine is ER, the inward curve of the spine. So it's this, So I have, I have a convex and a concave, convex ER, concave IR mm-hmm. on the same segment.
1: Okay, uh, so he's, he's getting that right side bend, that IR on the right. It kind of looks like through side bending to the right, right? Yeah.
0: Okay. it's not a it's not a side bend it's a twist you got a twist yeah it looks looks like
1: side bend it looks like it
0: in in two if you were if we were two-dimensional beings you would be correct (laughs) right gotcha visual on screen is a side bend i'll give you that but it's not really a side i gotcha okay do do you see you see what you're so. This is what you're seeing as he's descending into the squat. As soon as he hits a space that he doesn't have, he bends. He bends, and so now it looks like he's. You go, oh, he's he's turning left. It's like, okay, he's trying to make a space there, right? But the pelvis is still still in its orientation. It's just so. If if I if I turn like this, you can appreciate that this hand is forward, this hand is back, mm-hmm. right? Now, I'm going to turn in my I'm going to turn my chair, but I'm not changing the orientation of my hands.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So did I turn in that direction? Through no, not really. So that would be the turn. So if I'm here, OK, that would be me turning. Yeah. Doing this and doing this is not the same. Yeah. You see the pivot through the chair. That's what, that's what you have to recognize when you're doing these virtuals, because you have to use the dynamic complex movements to identify where the deficits are. Gotcha. Okay.
1: Okay. That would have made the assessment much more easy.
0: Well, again, it's, it's practice. Yeah. Practice. Everybody takes bad measurements. Everybody screws up. Okay. Okay. You just had to be more reliable with yourself. Okay. Okay. Good morning, happy Tuesday. I have NeuroCoffee in hand, and it is perfect. All right. Well, as usual, a very busy Tuesday coming up. We're going to dig straight into today's Q&A. This is with Alec. Again, I believe we had a question from Alec yesterday. So Alec's been off the coffee calls for a while, so apparently he stored up some really good questions. Um, This one was in a, a discussion as to the application of the superficial compressive strategies. I think we used a narrow ISA in this case, but what it led us to was how the anti-orientation of the pelvis occurs as these strategies are applied. Because what we're gonna see is we're just gonna see this progressive uh, shift forward of the center of gravity. We're gonna see an increase in the anti-orientation of the pelvis under these circumstances to help maintain the downforce inside of the base of support but a lot of people don't don't grasp the concept as to how this anti orientation is actually occurring. So we literally go through it step by step. Um, I actually grabbed the uh, the big plastic pelvis and, and uh, walked everybody uh, through that on the call. So you're going to get to see that as well. So thank you, Alec, for your questions. I do believe it's going to help a lot of people. Everybody have an outstanding Tuesday, and I will see you tomorrow.
1: First of all, Bill, Yes, sir. I got to say, I am very grateful to have been exposed to your model because um, oh. I am more and more like impressed with the the, the amount of grasp I can gain with these concepts, like stuff I didn't, I didn't realize was like in the end, it's all matter, right? Like it's all physics. So yeah. if you have a basic understanding of physics, you have like a basic understanding of everything. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna keep investing time into figuring those concepts because it's really opening up a lot of doors. And like I'm a, a, this is kind of like your life's work and your legacy. So I appreciate. Thank you. We'll do something nice with it. I
0: I have I have zero concern over legacy. So but thank you.
1: Well, I I appreciate the. Whatever I'm getting out of, not your legacy. <laughs> now
0: <laughs> onward.
1: Now I wanted. Uh, well, I have a million questions, but um, one I would like to know is kind of um, like I'm getting a bit more familiar with uh, the 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 compensatory sequence, right? Yes, like sir. it 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 won't randomly appear on an archetype or another it's gonna kind of so i wanted to just make sure if i i'm doing a, a good crossover with something else which is if my memory is correct narrow the orient from the top down right and bottom up for
0: orientation yes
1: okay yeah um and now this is where i want to make sure i i don't uh make things simpler than they are okay then does it make sense to think of treating an end game narrow from the bottom up, and the reverse of that for a, a wide? Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> okay. So with a wide, I want I would want to start like um, above trochanter, um, and like uh, upper DR. No. So, okay, like this on. is where I want to no, kind no, no, of figure no, no. out.
0: Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. 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 Don't confuse, don't confuse the application of superficial muscle activity sequence with the orientation. So the orientation is what's happening under all of that at the same time. So I need to, I need to grab, I need to grab my pelvis here real quick. I'll show you. Wonderful. So, if if you look at this through space time, yeah. So I'm going to give you the, I'll give you the uh, um, textbook representation of a pelvis. So, so we would see the ASIS and the pubis in the same vertical representation. That would be that would be the textbook representation. Okay.
1: Okay. Right. And by textbook representation, we mean uh, what's considered normal by the people that use the words that makes you vomit or like the <laughs> ideal we're striving for?
0: There is no ideal.
1: Okay. There
0: is no ideal. Okay. What you want is adaptability, right? So we- then
1: would this textbook pelvis representation be indicative of most likely adaptability in that system? like i'm just asking is that favorable Maybe. or not
0: okay. it's 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 so not important i just want to give you a starting position okay cool it's for comparison okay so again in a textbook if you if you take if you got a picture of a pelvis in a textbook it's going to be this is going to be lined up they're going to say that that's the beginning part okay can you see me okay i got a little bit of shadow so it's right there okay yeah wow. task question if you if you don't mind um I'm a narrow ISA. I'm not, but if I was a narrow ISA, um, am I going to get my first compressive strategy anteriorly or posteriorly?
1: Narrow uh, anteriorly at this time. Okay,
0: so it's going to be here, right? Okay, so if I press that backwards, do you see that the inlet of the pelvis is on a sixty-degree angle? You see that? You can see into it. It's like it's yeah. not a bucket like this that's flat. It's it's it goes in that way. You yeah. see that? Okay. Yeah. All right, so if I push here, can you appreciate the fact that it is below the axis of rotation of the hip joint? Yeah. Okay, so if I push like that, and if I just could keep pushing, it would do this?
1: No, nah, you, 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 I lost like a one second there.
0: Okay, if I push against the front of the pelvis yeah. here, it's below the axis of rotation of the, of the pelvis, so yeah. it starts to do that. You see that how, how it goes yeah. forward okay yes. what's this, what's the second what's the second compressive strategy
1: <laughs> it's going to be posteriorly
0: <laughs> okay so hang on so it's going to be here first on the front and then it's going to be like right here you see this yeah you see how one is above and one is below yeah and then so it does this right yeah you see the orientation so the orientation i I say it's underneath the 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 compensatory strategies because That those are the forces that are that are driving this forward yeah and so the orientation that we would see associated with the 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 pelvic position for a a wide isa is going to start there right as we start to push it forward this segment goes then this segment then this segment then this segment okay the way you alleviate the uh compensatory strategies is reverse engineering the sequence in which they were layered upon okay but if you're just talking orientation it's going to be reverse engineered so as i'm working on the the pelvis i'm I'm like my head is here thinking like i got to reduce these these strategies okay i'm reducing the orientation in the reverse sequence Good morning, happy Thursday. I have neural coffee in hand, and it is perfect. I mean, if I
1: uh, try to pull pull a uh, white Asa back, if he is uh, in the end game. I need to put him back to the right media here first, and then turn to the left,
0: right? Correct. So that is a sequence. Yeah. But how can I know what is the time to turn them to the left? Okay. So, so when you move the center of gravity back on the wide ISA on the right, what yep. movement? What movement do you recapture? Uh, the. E.R. of the the right, I.R. Yeah, yes, it's I.R. Yeah. Yeah. So as you so so when the center of gravity moves forward, you have more anterior compression as the center of gravity moves forward. You will lose internal rotation as the center of gravity moves forward. Okay. Yes. So when you move them back, you recapture. The internal rotation on the right hip. When you, as you recapture that, that's when you can start to turn. Because if you try to turn before that, all you do is create an orientation where they're just going to yeah, face yeah. In that direction. Okay. So you, that. You, so you bring them back on the right, more internal rotation, then make the turn. So, how much IR is uh, a requirement for turn to the left? Enough. <laughs> um, okay,
1: so that's not a simple, it be, right?
0: It would be great. It would be great if I could tell you twenty-nine degrees of uh, <laughs> rotation would be enough, right? We have to appreciate the fact that yes. that people will have a a unique amount of internal rotation. Um, I would say that if you only get five degrees, you probably don't have enough. If you had thirty-five degrees, you'd probably have enough. And I'm just using those as extreme representations. You would want to you would want to um, maximize the amount of relative internal rotation. Okay. Um, if mm-hmm. you hang on, if you lose external rotation and gain internal rotation, that's not hip range of motion that's a spinal orientation and that's not the solution so if you understand what you don't want you'll probably have a better understanding of what you do want so you run the experiment so let's just say they got zero ir to start with you gain 25 degrees and you go you know what i'm going to try to turn you and you make the turn and it goes well they had enough. Okay, I understand. You know, it's like, it's like you trust your judgment. Don't force your judgment. Right? Yeah. Like, don't, so I don't just, try to get I need to try. Yeah. yeah. Because, because what's going to happen is if you do have enough internal rotation, they will be effective in their turn. And then you'll get really good results on both sides. Yeah. You see it? yes yeah good morning happy monday i have neural coffee in hand and it is perfect all right coming off a very solid weekend hope you had one as well but a very busy monday as usual we're going to dig straight into today's q a uh this is with alec um we're talking about hands and feet and some similarities and such and this led to Alec's question in regards to to bunions, and and we get into a little bit of of how they form and and a few things that we can do about them. Uh, The thing we we wanna recognize under these circumstances is is that the reason that this this situation arises, a bunion in the first place, is that we have a limitation in relative motion in one segment, and then we have to somehow produce more motion in another segment. And so in all cases, we will have to have ER for space, IR for force production into the ground, and that's what a bunion basically is. It's a place for us to, to apply an internal rotation. We're going to have to magnify an ER orientation as a as a substitution for a lack of motion, and we're going to get bunion formation. And so um, we have a situation that will have to be either... Um, managed, or we have a a way to restore the relative motions and alleviate the stress upon the big toe in this case. So, Alec, thank you so much for this question. Probably going to guide a lot of people um, and produce a lot of questions um, as to what to do under these circumstances. So, again, very, very helpful. Everybody have an outstanding Monday, and I will see you tomorrow. Uh, Alec, back to you. We have time.
1: And it was the perfect segue, Tea. Thank you. So I guess um, because I my question is about bunion. So now that you guys were talking about how the, the, uh-huh. the toe is now where it is because it's grabbing. Now yeah. I'm trying to like is that literally why? Because if I remember correctly, that a bun, that's what a bunion is, right? It's like it's a it's a toe that's trying to grab the ground.
0: Do you see you see my you see yeah. my bunion? yeah,
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
0: this is is a thumb. This is a thumb that has done too much manual therapy. Okay. This is what it looks like, Jordan. This is what it looks like. Thirty-two years from now, that's what your thumb's gonna look like, boss.
1: (laughs) But I shouldn't treat you for it because it's an adaptation, and that's gonna take away your ability. Um, It's
0: probably an undesirable adaptation because it doesn't really feel great all the time. (laughs) Um, You know, it's like it's like this is why this is why you have to get really good with exercise selection because then you don't have to do as much manual therapy.
1: Okay. I see. I see.
0: <laughs> um, a bunion a turn. Okay. Yeah. Hang on. It's a turn. And then it's a forced position without relative motion. Okay. So it's not a normal, it's not a normal representation. Okay. It's an, it's an, it's a, it's a twist and a bend into um and, and I, when i say bend i'm not talking about a joint bend okay i'm talking about connective tissue bend okay um yeah it's an undesired adaptation
1: and and from a like uh what's the functional gain or like what's the the it's a replacement of the ability to capture it's an indication
0: the... it's an indication of where you're applying ir to the ground okay okay hang on let me help you yeah you're taking a step forward and you land on your heel yeah okay all right so the rest of the foot's not on the ground yet yeah okay as the foot comes down to the ground and you capture the medial foot contacts so so you go from the er position to starting to superimpose ir so this is where first met head and medial heel contact come into play got it
1: yeah yeah okay
0: So this is the early representation, first superimposition of internal rotation on the ER. Got it? Okay. If you try to bring the tibia forward over the foot, what has to happen in the rear foot to allow you to translate the tibia forward? In the rear foot? Yes, sir
1: um i'm i'm gonna move from outside like g- get lighter on the outside heel and heavier on the inside heel
0: okay so for that to happen without a compensation there's there has to be a movement that takes place in the rear foot you
1: Calcani- like a uh, calcaneus yeah
0: so okay so the subtalar joint is where the motion is occurring <laughs> so you go from what it would be traditional supination to traditional pronation yeah okay so that's an er to ir representation yeah okay now i'm gonna fuse that joint okay Okay. i'm gonna take away your ability to internally rotate the rear foot okay you're still gonna apply force into the ground aren't you but
1: more distally
0: because you know why because if i take away that joint if i take away that joint you know what's going to happen you're going to move very very quickly over your foot yeah. Okay. But you're not going to go through internal rotation until you get to a joint that can internally rotate.
1: Interesting. Interesting. So it's, it's not a more distal, it's not a more distal first mehet. It's a, it's a more distal subtalar.
0: Well, you're, you're you're creating an undesirable substitution. So the subtle septum- is very well designed to do what it does, right? Yeah. It's a great adaptation. Um, but if I take that away from you for any circumstance, you're gonna find a way to apply inter into the gram. Yay. Okay. It's just gonna happen somewhere else. Um, have you ever seen, have you ever worked with anybody with a with a first metatarsal fracture? Nope. Okay, well, let's think about this for a sec. But let's I'm probably
1: think. I'm I'm someone who's on the verge of getting that regularly, I believe. Okay,
0: so. well, but so I have. Oh, right. cool. Yeah. Um, and, and they they tend to run. They tend to run a lot. Um, so, so think about this for a second. Take an eard foot. Yeah. Okay. Somebody that that would be accused of having a very high arch. Yep. And I I want you to run on it without internal rotation, okay? And I want you to keep running on it without internal rotation. And I want you to keep pushing down on that foot through that archway as hard as you can, because you're gonna run, you're training for a marathon. Everybody has to run a marathon once in their life to prove that they don't die. Um, But what what would a stress fracture of the first metatarsal represent under this circumstance,
1: the end of maritime training.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. That would be the smart thing to do that. It usually, yes. it usually doesn't stop people just FYI. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah but, but, so what that, but what that represents is that's where you're trying to get internal rotation. Yeah, 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 yeah. So You've taken away all the relative motion available in the foot and you go, I'll just make a new joint. I'll just keep trying to bend this bone in the wrong direction until it starts to come apart, and then I will make a joint eventually if I let it go, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: And 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 then you mentioned that's what happened when the subtalar joint is fused. You use the word fuse. Is it like inevitably that, or when you you mean? Okay, yeah, perfect, perfect.
0: I was giving you an extreme to take away all other options
1: so i guess that in some cases and that's where i get to make a judgment call and if it's a good one i'm a good coach um as to is is there uh is there a chance of regaining what function from the tailor, and then based yeah. on that i guess i have in to in most
0: cases yes in i got cases. i
1: got so what do you do with someone that can't because I, I you remember my my hey. uh
0: so oh, hang on hang on hang on hang on yep. okay so if 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 literally okay um extreme example for making a point yeah uh somebody that's an above knee amputation yeah what do you do they can't get their they can't get their extremity to the ground so what do you do
1: um is that a in a situation where the person would have a a prosthetic yeah yeah, you would teach okay. that so person a, to get inner, inner. So I, inner contact. I create
0: something that I create something that fills that space that allows the mechanics to come up from the ground. Yeah. So, if I have a foot that does not change shape, I have to provide a a, a intervention. I have to provide an intervention that accommodates that space.
1: So I would bring the ground up to the heel.
0: Or I so I put the foot in a position that gives me a greater adaptability, and then I have a shoe that has a construction that allows that to happen, or an orthotic that allows that to happen.
1: Okay.
0: So you have to create the best case scenario under that circumstance.
1: But so we're, we're
0: things that things that are unchangeable. If somebody wants to do something with that situation, you have to try to create the best accommodation available. Which might be, like I said, you change the shape of the ground relative to the body so that the body can have its greatest level of adaptability.
1: Uh, yeah, I gotta recommend. Uh, I gotta so, get into. But if you got somebody with there. a
0: bunion, you got somebody with a bunion. That means that something that you wanted to move is not moving. You intervene to create movement in that thing that is not moving to take the stress off the thing that is moving too much now. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And then you do the best yeah. you can. In some cases. You can't do it. In other cases, you can.